Throughout my life, I've had mixed feelings about my name. On one hand, I like being the only Elena in the room. Usually it's less confusing. I've never had to add a, a last name initial to the end of mine. Um, and I liked that my mom had kind of riffed off of her best friend Elaine's name and added a creative spin to it. On the other hand, growing up, there were never novelty keychains with my name on it. <laughs> and I checked every gift shop, <laughs> thinking maybe today's the day it never was. <laughs> but where my first name is somewhat rare, my middle name is exceedingly common. It felt like everyone's middle name was Marie. I told my mom once that I was thinking of changing my middle name someday because my siblings all had middle names named for someone special, a grandparent, an aunt, but I didn't. So I thought I'd keep the initial, you know, respect, um, and then I'd change it to something, maybe Elena Magic Hoffman. And then I could say, magic's my middle name. <laughs> uh, and my mom gave me this look like, are you kidding me right now? And I assumed it was because I just said magic's my middle name. Um, but she said, what? You don't know that you're named after someone? <laughs> and she told me about Alice Marie, who passed away when I was young the woman who became a second mom to my dad and watched him every day after school while my grandmother worked shifts at the hospital. And it changed how I felt about Marie. At a family reunion when I was in high school, my uncle sang my name to a tune I didn't know. And he said, did you know your mom named you after that song? It's called Lelena but she thought they were singing the word Elena. It's actually a really sad song about a woman of the night, but she thought the name sounded pretty, and then he started laughing. I looked up the lyrics by Deep Purple, and I was floored that my mother would hear this song and somehow hear a name for a child in it. When the sun goes to bed, that's when you raise your head. That's your lot in life, Lelena. <laughs> Can your heart get much sadder? Paint your face with despair. That's your lot in life, Lelena. <laughs> Yeesh. <laughs> when I asked her why she named me after such a bummer of a song, she got that same look on her face and said, what? You think I named you after that song? No, she said, not that song. I named you after the song Maria Elena by Jerry Vale. And I did mishear the name because it was Maria Elena and I thought it was Marie Elena. But I liked it like that and I flipped it. And then you'd have the first initial of A and the middle name of Marie, like Alice Marie. The lyrics to Maria Elena are pretty cheesy, but the opening line made me tear up when I read it. Because Maria Elena, you're the answer to a prayer. Maria Elena, can't you see how much I care? Is a dramatically different vibe. 
then that's your lot in life. <laughs> I'm grateful to know now the saints I'm named after and to clarify the stories I was told about the name I bear. The story of Lazarus is pretty well known. In short, Jesus brings a guy back from the dead, hashtag spoiler. The chapter that today's scripture passage comes from is also well known for a famous like Bible trivia question. What is the shortest verse in the Bible? It's found just a few verses later in John 11:35. Jesus wept. I love that verse. I love that verse in this story. I love that Jesus, knowing he is about to raise Lazarus from the dead, still weeps. Weeps with Lazarus's sisters because weeping and mourning and lament was a part of Jesus's ministry on this earth. And there's also something so powerful about the way that Jesus calls into the tomb, Lazarus, come out. And he does. But the part of this chapter I want to zoom in on today is the part with Lazarus's sisters, because I think it's important to know the story of our saints. And I think we've got some stories behind the names to iron out to help us connect to them. Dr. Elizabeth Schrader is a New Testament scholar. And while researching John 11 for her master's thesis not that long ago, she was encouraged to explore Papyrus 66 as her orig original Greek text because Papyrus 66 had recently become digitized and was now available for the first time for people anywhere in the world to view. New eyes were seeing the text. Papyrus 66 is the oldest and most complete text we have of the Gospel of John. It's dated around the year 200. And because Dr. Schrader had access to the original documents, not just translated copies, she made this really exciting discovery that the first line of the chapter doesn't talk about Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha. In fact, it just says one name, Mary. It says the name twice, but seems to be giving information about the same Mary in a sentence structure that would be awkward to Western ears. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister, Mary. It says Mary twice, because it's giving two pieces of information about Mary. Mary's from Bethany. Mary is Lazarus's sister. Or another way to translate or, and consolidate the scripture, there was a certain sick man, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, his sister. Verse two takes note to give us even more information about Mary. This is the same Mary who will be in the next chapter when it says Mary, whose brother Lazarus lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. 
It's telling us more and more and more about Mary, which specific Mary we're talking about. So what happened? How did we get a text that now has a Mary and a Martha? The research is showing that edits were made to the text by a scribe in the fourth century. It's just one little letter that gets corrected in Greek that changes the word Mary to Martha. And here's the deal. We're all human, we're all trying, and that scribe may have thought they were being real helpful, thinking they were, you know, fixing John's odd grammar and harmonizing the text with Luke chapter 10, where we meet a different Mary and Martha. And we love the Mary and Martha in Luke 10. Martha, who's worried about the task and chores of the day, and Mary, who's studying at the feet of Jesus with the men, they are great. So perhaps the scribe wanted to connect these two stories for readers instead of Lazarus's sister or sisters, Mary, Martha, just being there for two chapters and us never hearing from them again. But the thing is, it's a pretty big stretch to make them the same duo. Luke 10 doesn't say that they were from Bethany. It says they're from a certain town. And Bethany would have been in the opposite direction of where Jesus was traveling in that text at that moment. And it says Martha welcomed them into her home. And if she had had a brother, Lazarus, the text would say she welcomed them into his home. So Luke 10, Mary and Martha are not looking connected to John 11, but we still love them. Also, other texts that we have from the third century that quote from John 11 attribute things said by Martha to Mary, also aligning with the idea that the text of that day did not have a Martha included. But this fourth century scribe, 100 years later, who splits Mary into Mary and Martha with his editing, does it so totally that he pluralizes the word sister where it says sisters. He changes, he, plur he pluralizes the word sister into sisters. I think I said that backwards. He changes pronouns from his sister to her sister. And it even places Martha in the next chapter serving dinner before Mary breaks the perfume to anoint Jesus's feet instead of having Mary hosting the dinner on her own. The story of Lazarus being raised from the dead is a wonderful story on its own, but when it's viewed through this lens of Mary taking more and more focus, we begin to see that it could intentionally be included as an origin story for Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, who is the first to tell of Jesus's resurrection, who at the end of the book of John asks Jesus, thinking he is a gardener outside his own tomb, if he knows where they took her Lord. And when he simply says her name, Mary, she instantly recognizes him as the risen Messiah 
and spreads the good news for the first time. And this is why she's known as the apostle to the apostles. The story of Lazarus is a story of Mary seeing and knowing what Jesus is capable of so that she recognizes it later. And there is this extremely important statement that your Bible says Martha makes in John 11, verse 27. She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And this kind of statement in the Gospels has a fancy name. It's called a Christological Confession, and it happens in all four Gospels. But in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it's someone else who gives the Christological Confession. It is Peter. And after Peter confesses Jesus is the Christ, Jesus gives Peter a title, Peter the Rock, on whom I will build my church. I think it is so beautiful that Mary gives this Christological statement before Lazarus is raised from the dead. It is not the miracle that reveals who Jesus is to her. It is the relationship. It is him showing up to weep with her. She sees the vulnerability of Jesus in a way that no one else really does. She ministers to him and washes his feet with perfumed oil and tears, and the disciples don't get it at all. People have said that Mary Magdalene is called Magdalene because she's from the town of Magdala. But the place that we know today and call Magdala wasn't around then. So we're making a guess that there probably was another town called Magdala. But if you remember from one of my first sermons last December, Deborah in the book of Judges is called Woman of Lapidoth, which is translated often as Wife of Lapidoth. But Lapidoth is never used as a name anywhere, and her being married is never mentioned. It's assumed that this is connected to a man. But if we don't assume that she is married, Deborah becomes Deborah, woman of torches, or fiery woman. Similarly, if we don't assume that Mary's title is purely geographical, then perhaps we can wonder if Mary was also given a title like Peter the Rock after her Christological confession, Mary Magdalene, meaning Mary the Tower. The New Testament is full of arguments in the early church. Is this thing just for Jews or Gentiles too? Do you have to be circumcised to be a part of this? Where is God calling us to go? Is Jesus coming back immediately or like next week? What foods are unclean? How should wealth be used in the kingdom of God? So many questions, so many wrestlings, so many disagreements. And perhaps this gospel of John is another insight into a wrestling of the church. Who did Jesus commission to build the church? Peter, the rock, or Mary, the tower? 
this scholarship is currently being reviewed to either become a very long footnote in this chapter or possibly to change the text. Biblical scholarship has to be collaborative because translation is interpretation. Faith isn't for the certain. It is a conversation of questions and wrestlings and wonderings. And we practice holding a lot of feelings and thoughts and possibilities simultaneously. It should keep us humble that new discoveries are still being made and that this discussion, this conversation that started so many years ago is still alive. Bethany, do you know who you're named after? You are named after a place where Jesus's ministry was to weep with those who weep. You are named after a place of resurrection where death did not have the final say and Lazarus, who was beyond a lost cause, already dead and buried for days, heard his name and his heart began to beat in his chest again and his lungs filled with air and all that had become rigid and inflexible and certain within him softened. And he stood up and he walked out of his tomb. You are named after a place that is an origin story of great faith for people that culture has been trained to overlook and marginalize and diminish and edit the history of because their imaginations were too small and they clung to what was already familiar. But because of Bethany, that truth is not lost and towers are raised up again. You are named after a place where Mary recognized who Jesus was to her and proclaimed it. You are named after a place where she learned the sound of Jesus saying her name so that when she heard it outside his tomb, she knew immediately who he was. You are named after a place where people mourned, but also a place where they saw miracles. Look what God has done. Because of Bethany, Mary Magdalene can become Mary the Tower. My name doesn't come close to meaning the Tower. I looked it up. Elena literally means handsome little pebble. <laughs> I'm just a little pebble, <laughs> and that feels right. <laughs> but Bethany, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for allowing me to add my little pebble to the mosaic of this Bethany. Thank you. I am grateful. When I look at the year that we've had together, the things we've planted and the things that you have planted in me. I also say, look, look what God has done. Amen. <laughs>